This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Here we are, and there you are, ready to join us. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, eye-scratchingly, is my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. I think I have smoked oyster juice in my <laughs> eyeball. Are you doing that again? <laughs> smoked oyster. Listen, I, mean. I-, I need to give the, uh, the audience a little background here. I believe Brittany has found her new world's most delicious favorite food, and it is smoked oysters. However, <laughs> the only difficulty is that Brittany isn't able to say the word smoked oyster. It's just complicated. It's it's complicated. It's not a complicated word. Mm, it's kind of hard together. It's it is not hard together. Um, it's a little a little bit. Say it three times. It's difficult. Smoked oysters, smoked oysters, smoked oysters. Okay, but it's really Not easy hard. to say smoked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to say that word because then it's going to be like fucking imprinted on my brain and I won't be able to shake it. Right. I think that's what's happened to me. Well, smoked oysters. Smoked oysters. <laughs> <God damn> <laughs> See, I did it. So you're going to be you're going to be uh, in the hospital after a house fire and like, what happened? Oh, I had smoke inhalation. <laughs> Yeah, well, I thought that was way funny. It wasn't funny, did. and <laughs> but I promise I'm not doing this on purpose. I've known people who have mispronounced words on purpose to be cute, and I'm not doing that. You mean like woof? Yeah, like woof, or rather than wolf. Yeah, I had a friend who said she couldn't pronounce wolf. It was only oh, that is the word. It's only woof that she could say. I used to mispronounce. Um, now that I'm talking about having mispronounced it, I have to fucking think about how to say the word. I uh, watched your face change. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, magazine. I used to say mazagine. <laughs> I was a very what young kid. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. God damn. I was a very young kid, so I shouldn't be chastised. Mm-hmm. But I did. I said mazagine. I wasn't able to say squirrel as a kid. I, had, I said squirrel. There's a video... That I was watching the other day of Germans trying to pronounce the word squirrel, and it is a shit show. Apparently, it's a hard word. Yeah, well, so it's, it's not just me. Well, it's also your natural German heritage just shining on through. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, Thanksgiving is on its way rapidly. How was that for a transition? It was. That was perfect. Yeah, I it was so fantastic. Too. Very nice segue, blended from one Germans to Thanksgiving, right? We like to take care of biz on this yeah, show. Very professional, as um, APT342 would tell you in our reviews. Mm-hmm. So uh, Thanksgiving is rapidly approaching. And well, first of all, I'll just get this out of the way. Um, you, If you have Thanksgiving memories, actually, no, let's not do this. Let's do this. If you have things that you're thankful for this Thanksgiving, and this doesn't have to be um, an American, I know Thanksgiving, the way we celebrate it is an American holiday, but every day is a good time to stop and reflect and give thanks for what you have. And I want to compile a bunch of listener responses. 
So you can either call the phone number, leave a voicemail, 657-464-7609. You can leave a voicemail there. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to someone about how we have the voicemail line and people can call in. And I was reflecting that we have a large international audience or an audience outside of the United States. And we never hear from them on the voicemail line because it's an American number. And this person, in their wisdom, or just pointing out my lack of wisdom, they said, well, everybody has a smartphone. Why don't you just have them record what they're going to say and then fucking email it to you? It's a great idea. It is a great idea. So if you are one of our lovely Scandinavian um, listeners or European or Australian or Brazil, I know there's Brazilians who listen to the show who never communicate with us, and that's quite all right, too, but... If you're one of the, those people outside and don't want to pay the long-distance charge, the international calling charge, to call the voicemail line, which once again is 657-464-7609, just open up your smartphone, record your voice, preferably in English because I, that's the, I'm dumb and that's the only language I speak, and uh, email it to the show, idoubtit at dollamore.com, and we will for sure... Take that in the place of a voicemail and include that into the show. So what I want you to do is tell me about what you're thankful for. It doesn't have to be long. It could be five seconds. But tell us what you're thankful for. And we're going to have a Thanksgiving-adjacent episode, and uh, we're going to talk about thanks. Yeah, and it's always good to do that and to hear what other people are thankful for because then it makes you feel thankful for things or be reminded of things and it's always good to have that i think any time that you could have time to stop reflect on the things that you're thankful for it it kind of pushes out the things that you that you're not so happy about if you're focusing on what you are happy about and what you are thankful for it's a it's a it's a great time of the year it's thanksgiving is probably my my favorite holiday not just for the food either right so do that for us again Record your voice, I doubt it at dollamore.com or 657-464-7609. In the meantime, I wanted Brittany and I to reflect about maybe a, a past memory from Thanksgiving that either of us have. Do you, uh, do you have anything that, that stands out? Uh, no. Wow. Preparation, everybody. I and... just I just sprung this, so I'm kind of being a dick. Well... I mean, it was pretty much just like any other day, Thanksgiving growing up. My mom would cook, so that was rare. Um, <laughs> and when I think back on the things that she would cook, like compared to how I eat now, she would make sweet potato pies, but it would be canned sweet potatoes that she would use and things like that. Gross. And um, it would just be like any other day. We would eat, and then we would sleep for the rest of the day. And we loved to sleep in my family. So it was just like any other day. That is just like, that's like your days now. When you're not doing homework, reading or writing, you're, or sitting behind that microphone right there, you're fucking napping. You love to nap. I prefer to spend as many hours as possible sleeping. Hmm. And it's not based on the high levels of tryptophan that you <laughs> that you uh, you compile into your system. No, it's just my normal barometer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love to get down on some sleep. Yeah, you do. Goddamn. What about you? Tell us your memories. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I've always 
um, I've always had there's we've always had family Thanksgivings. So it, it's not I don't have anything. I do have one memory that st- has stuck with me since it happened, and it was it's not a good memory. Uh oh. I mean, I don't hate to bring everybody down. It's not a shitty. Me- I mean, I laugh about it now. Right. But at the time, it was terrible. It had, it was the end of Thanksgiving meal, and I still had some food left on my plate, and I mm-hmm. was told um, by one of the adults in my family that I was not to leave the kids' table, and it was a little orange kids' table. I remember Uh-oh. it vividly. Too small for even probably how big I was. And I was, like, there was no room for chairs. We sat on the ground at this little tiny table. Wow. And I was told I was not to leave the table unless I, until I ate my beets. These red, shitty beets uh, on my plate. Now we know why you hate beets. I still, hate, I hate beets to this day. You hate them. Yeah, I don't. I haven't tried them for many, many years. I, I hear people talking about beet salad and how it's so great, and I see a lot of the chefs and the food people that I follow on Instagram or wherever. I see them talking about beets occasionally, and I think that they're mad. These people are <laughs> out of their fucking minds because beets are terrible. But they must. It must be just. Your trauma that you experienced. Absolutely. Just uh, this trauma washed over me and has forever altered my sense of taste relative to beets. Anyway, I rem- I have very vivid, powerful memories of gagging while <laughs> trying to eat these beets. Oh, that's hilarious. And my cousins and my siblings were... Shitty, shitty human beings who, who were standing <laughs> guard. I remember, and not not the entire time, but I remember there being a sentry posted watching me, making sure I didn't. Wow, I didn't pull any fast ones and like try to throw it away or anything like that. That is hatred right there. Yeah, it was no good. They hated your guts. No good. You know how little liar, manipulative Brittany Page would have gotten out of that, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You would have uh, fallen asleep at the table. I would have pretended to be asleep. <laughs> And this used to happen to me. My parents would try to make me eat my food, too. Particularly zucchini is one that I did not ever want to eat. So, now I will so eat you, it. So you were a dumb child. Right. Because zucchini is delicious. Right. <laughs> Beets are delicious, too. Turd. All right. We're going to have to try them. I have tried them. I'm a normal I'm person. I'm going to have to try them. Yes, and you I are. will report back to the audience. Yes. They cannot wait for that report. I'm sure. And God so my parents, my parents would try to make me eat this zucchini. And I would just lay my head down on the bar where where I was eating with a in a bar stool and I remember my dad would come over to me and like after how many hours it had been or whatever and take me up to my room and I'd be pretending like I was asleep with my eyes closed and I'd wait there however long it took I'm not going to eat that and they yeah. would carry me up to my room and put me to sleep well or you could have also done what I used to do with apples uh... is chew them up chew up the apple and then I would save all the peel in my cheeks. Like a little fat chipmunk. Yeah. And then I'd go to the bathroom, act like I had to go to the bathroom and spit it out in the toilet like and flush you, it. And you think your parents were so stupid they didn't realize what you were doing? Oh, I'm totally sure they had no idea what was going on. <laughs> God damn. Very aware. That's great. All right. We're moving on. A little follow up for you. Adult film star Christy Mack. I don't know why the news insists on calling her adult film star and not pornography star, porn star. Well, they call them adult film stars. I, for me, it's 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 watered down. It's like r- rather than calling her a stripper, you call her an exotic dancer. 
Mm, call, it what like, it, call it what it is. I feel like both those terms are equal <laughs> as well. Anyway. I think usually they try to refer to strippers as just dancers. Well, I'm not trying to denigrate her. I'm just saying it's what she is. She's a porn star. Oh, okay. She stars in pornography film. She does. Anyway, pornography star Christy Mack is testifying against her former boyfriend, the man who almost beat and or did beat her and almost killed her, uh, Jonathan Coppenhaven? Coppenhaver. Coppenhaver. War Machine. His name is War Machine. That's right. He changed his name legally to War Machine. It was an intense day in court for the man formerly known as John Coppenhaver, witness after witness taking the stand, all backing the charges against him. Action News anchor Victoria Spillbody has more. The star witness in today's hearing, Christy Mack herself, for the first time we heard the adult film star testify against her ex-boyfriend, War Machine, who she says entered her home on an August evening and almost beat her to death. My nose was broken, was broken in several different spots. Um, there are three noticeable ones right here, right here, and then my vorum. My eye socket was completely shattered. Um, I had a couple of teeth knocked out and a couple of broken teeth. Max said that she was scared for her life on that August night. She says that War Machine used his fists and a knife to beat her. And at points, she couldn't remember what was happening. She could only taste her own blood. She also described a very violent relationship between her and War Machine that at times included sexual violence as well. The judge caught War Machine laughing during Max's testimony, something his attorney denies. He was a... Uh, expressing his uh, contrary uh, opinion as to what was said. And, and it wasn't intended for anybody to hear. It was uh, his own self-emotions. But he definitely didn't think it was funny, and he definitely wasn't laughing. Christy in particular, she has never been anything but um, kind, strong, respectful, honest um, throughout this entire process, and I'm very proud of her. The judge says she shudders to think about what may have happened to Christy Mack that night had she not escaped and gone to a neighbor's house to call 911. The judge upheld all 34 counts against War Machine, and if convicted, he could face life in prison. His next court date is November 20th. Reporting from the Regional Justice Center, Victoria Spillabody, Channel 13, Action News. That might be the worst defense attorney in the history of defense attorneys. God damn it. Let me, let me explain how the sausage is made a little bit to the audience. We, we sit at a long table here in studio, and uh, I have papers in front of me, and Brittany has papers in front of her or whatever. And while the clip is playing, she gets, we kind of indicate who's going to lead right after the segment, right after the clip ends. And Brittany just gave me the high sign that she's going to take off. And while she's getting ready to talk, I have written down, lawyer is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right, because he, first of all... He was just expressing his contrary opinion right. about... He, he shouldn't just, be saying anything. So even the attorney saying that, he was expressing his his dissenting opinion or whatever he said. He shouldn't be saying anything. Right. Well, we have a clip of what transpired... When um when Christy Mack's lawyer confronted War Machine about what went down. Was there sexual violence as well? Yes, there was. 
Um, specifically, I judge it just like the record to notate that Mr. Copenhagen is laughing and shaking his head. Objection, Your Honor. He wasn't laughing. I watched him laugh. Yikes. Yeah, that was the judge saying, I watched him laugh. Yeah, very pointedly. But also, it's where, look, this guy's got to have a little bit of money to be able to to afford an attorney that is at least can speak the English language. This guy's not that guy. He's terrible. So he faces 34, 34 counts that could lead him to prison for life. Um, and they were all upheld, and so he is screwed. Right. Yeah, he's he's totally screwed. In fact, they've added they added sexual uh, rape charges. They've added, and it's really upsetting. I really admire her for testifying. I know it's really difficult for people to testify, especially with him being near her. Yeah, and for sure. That would be very scary since he almost murdered her. And listen, I want I want to go back about my my comments about her and the pornography thing. I'm not. I'm not denigrating her at all. I'm. It's more of a. It's more of a commentary on the media, not wanting to to because she is a victim of a crime. It's kind of like when someone dies and all of a sudden they were a hero when they're just a person. It's the same thing here. She she's a porn star. Why why do we have to to water this down and make it more more presentable or something? It, it just bothers me. It's nothing against her. It's a it's a it, indictment of the media. And so while she was testifying, they played a 911 call, and it's just terrible. It is terrible. We decided not to play it because it's just really heavy. Um, she's just screaming, you know, trying to get him to stop and, and it, get help, and it it's is, just terrible. It, it is frantic, panicked, screaming, and, and, and like a horror movie, like yeah. be, someone being murdered. Yeah, and so she was crying on the stand while they were playing that, and you can tell her face is still not... I mean, it won't ever be the same as it was. Yeah. And she still has like fake teeth that she wears. She hasn't gotten her permanent teeth yet. And she just got her nose straightened. She just got it fixed. It was all broken before. And I mean, it happened months ago and she's still having to deal with the effects of what happened. Right. So I'm glad that the judge knows what's up here. And knows that he's a terrible person who was laughing while she's up there crying, describing what he did. Yeah, it's terrible. just insane. Well, he's uh, we've we, you might want to just if if you ever want to read about uh, it, the the things that we've talked about and the the different things we've read relative to his time in prison and his blog that he has, just go to the website dollamore.com and search for War Machine, and there are episodes where we have read from his blog and. He's there's something wrong with him. I mean, he has he might have some kind of psychotic disorder, either that or just, you know, he's been hit in the face and the head too many times right. from his wrestling career. And then also the MMA. Right. It doesn't it doesn't just excuse his behavior. No, it doesn't explain it away at all. He still he knows right from wrong. And what he did was barbaric and terrible. And if he gets the full sentence, if he st spends the rest of his life in prison, I won't be any worse for the wear. It won't put my nose out of joint. Well, and you can even say, well, you know, maybe he's had a traumatic brain injury or maybe this has happened. Whatever the case, he laughed at her while she was testifying. Right. Well, not, not only that. You can even, say whatever you want to say, but that shows a complete lack of empathy. Even if he does have a traumatic brain injury that led to this or precipitated it, 
it doesn't matter. We need to get him off the streets because he's dangerous. He, he can no longer live amongst free society because we cannot contain him. He's not someone that can be trusted around innocent people. So he needs to go to prison for a long, long time, if not forever. Right. So sound off about that. 657-464-7609. What do you think? I'm sure people are going to write in and say they love War Machine. Big fan. <laughs> you know what? I see, well, obviously Facebook is not the... Uh, it's not the the greatest barometer for public opinion, but I see pretty terrible comments that people leave relative to her being a porn star and, you know... That she deserves it because of her profession. Right. Or... The, the thing is, is that she consents to sex when they film her and she gets paid for it. That is consenting to it. If she has sex with her boyfriend, she's consenting to it. When he breaks into her house and she doesn't want to have sex, she is not consenting to it. That is rape. And in this case, brutal, brutal, brutal rape. Right. Ugh. It's kind of hard going from something super heavy to something a little lighter, but still kind of heavy and, you know, it's right. odd. Right. Um, show contributor. That's what we call her, right? Show contributor. Contributor yeah. to the show, Allison from Boston. She wrote on the Facebook wall, and if you haven't liked the Facebook page or have not invited every single one of your friends... <laughs> And even strangers you don't know. Yeah, if you just see somebody in the street, tell them about the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Um, go like the page. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Allison posed a question, which I think is super interesting. Uh, it can be, there's oftentimes, there's so many issues that are very touchy, and uh, I don't know if I want to talk about that. And this could be con construed as one of them. So she started off her wall post with, so Brett number two and I wanted to agree with Brett number one by clarifying that our last name is indeed pronounced Heyman. So that's just a little note for you and Brett number one. Well, that was from the Halloween episode when I made a joke about not knowing how to pronounce their, their, their name that I said it was Hyman and then made a joke about me fucking their name. And mm -hmm. of course, the Hyman yeah. part of it. Not funny, apparently. Yeah. Now that that's out of the way, she wrote that. <laughs> she wrote that, but it, it fits here, too. I wanted to agree with you and Brittany regarding your outrage over the swastika tattoo and the welfare juice comment made my day. Any moron walking around making a statement like that on his leg deserves whatever comes to him, and I hope that's all the bad, bad things in the world. I'd like both of your opinions on a controversial subject that I never quite understood. Perhaps I'm just being ignorant, but I do feel like I've tried to educate myself on this hot button issue that is blackface. My fascination was rekindled after reading this very anti-blackface article on a site I usually agree with, which is daily.com. Is it as offensive to all black people and to African Americans specifically as we are led to believe? I understand where it originated and that blackface makeup was combined with the exaggeration of other features in order to be blatantly racist. However, nowadays, when someone like Julianne Huff dresses up as her favorite character from Orange is the New Black, and that character is black, is she doing something wrong? To me, it seems that, to Allison, she says, to me, it seems that by getting up in arms about it suggests that there is, in fact, something wrong with having black skin. I know that realistically, nobody is implying this, but I don't know. I just want your thoughts. For the record, Brett number two has just come home from work and has outright disagreed with me. I think it's an easy thing to do to disagree. However, I think that she posed a very thoughtful 
um, reasonable argument. I, I don't know, though. I, the reason I think these issues are, are tough to broach is because, and I'm not going to cop out. I will have an answer. I just got to work through it here. Um, the reason I think these issues are tough is because, well, one, in the question, can we, that all black people or most black people, this or that, I don't know because I don't know most black people. I know maybe 50 black people. Maybe 50. Right. And that's that's I guess that could be shitty on me that I only know 50 people of color, not people of color, but black people, because we're in Southern California. I know all kinds of Latinos. Right. (laughs) You know, I served in the Marine Corps and I served with all kinds of different races. But so I'm not going to answer for them. I don't know. Um, I I would say and goddamn, I'm going to get shit on. I hope that lady from Canada doesn't fucking email the show again and tell me what a terrible person I am for trying to answer a question. Um, I would say that it it really depends on the spirit in which it was done. I don't I really don't believe Juliana Huff. She's the she's the the dancing girl, right? What's her Right, yeah, the attractive little blonde Mormon dancing girl. Right. Well, Mormon that doesn't do much for, her, but um I mean on the racist front. Um, well, I mean, she comes from a Mormon family. She she tries to say that she's like still a virgin, but she was with Ryan Seacrest for a long time. I highly doubt that that's the case. I think he's smooth down there like a Ken doll. I, <laughs> I doubt he did anything to soil her virginity. Hmm. I am almost positive that Ryan Seacrest is smooth down there. Yeah. <laughs> I put money on it. Anyway, we're back to the blackface thing. I think I think that it's in the spirit in which it was done. And I don't know about the character argument. I don't know if that plays. It's odd, though, because, you know, when Will Smith, there was a lot of outrage when Will Smith played. I don't know about outrage, but there were assholes who said James West was white. He's a white character. Why are you casting a black guy in that role? And there was no no reasonable outrage for that. And then also, I don't remember any reasonable outrage for when Robert Downey Jr. played the black guy in Tropic Thunder. So, so I don't know. I, I, I've I've heard interviews with him about that subject, and I do think he was nervous about it at first. But then he met with Ben Stiller, who I think was somehow contributing to the movie. I don't know if he directed it or, or helped write it or what he did. He, he he definitely directed it. I'm not sure if he wrote it. He may have. And so he said he met with Ben Stiller and expressed concerns about it and that Ben Stiller just made him feel so sure that it's not well, offensive, you know, ben that Stiller, it's not... Ben Stiller is a strong, proud black man, of course. He would, he'd let him know that it's okay. Right. <laughs> Are you essing on my point? No, not at all. I think it's funny that that was what set him at ease, that... Well, he said he a little a short Jew, not like a black guy on the cast that set him at ease. He says that he trusted Ben Stiller and that and that he just believed that Ben Stiller would do it right. Yeah, and apparently he did because he ended up getting nominated for an Oscar. Right, and it was a tremendous role. It was very. It It was very funny. Yeah, yeah. But then there's also the situations where the the Damien Wayans brothers or just the Wayans the Wayans boys, yeah, with the with the white girls, the white White chicks chicks, or whatever that movie was, and that's not offensive. I don't think that's offensive either. But but here here's the thing, and I don't want to go back to this fucking privilege thing all the time because I don't really buy into it. But it's different when you've been an oppressed people and and population for hundreds of years when you were owned by other white people and then when the 30s and the 20s roll around or whenever the 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 golden age of fucking radio happened and amos and andy uh these 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 blackface painted assholes who were 
doing it for comedic purpose and to make fun of and disparage an entire race of people. I understand there being residual residual um, hurt feelings over it and sensitivity about it. So, right. I, you know, I, I, I guess ultimately I would say it's in the spirit of things. I don't think Juliana Huff was being a racist at all. So I would give her a pass. But I would, I would uh, default to my... One of my 50 black friends. <laughs> Maybe we need to get Austin to call back in and let us know what he thinks about it. Because he's a thoughtful guy. I don't think he's he's a, he's not a race baiter, race card kind of guy. I think he's he's thoughtful. So, Austin, why don't you call in uh, 657-464-7609 or do the thing that I mentioned earlier. Talk into your, your smartphone, record your voice, and email it to idoubtedatdollamore.com. Because you would be my favorite black person, and I would really value your opinion. <laughs> nice. All right, moving on. To sticking with the black people, what's going on here? It's like the black podcast. Yeah, it has become that, apparently. So apparently, um, Bill Cosby is not having a good time right now. There's a, there's a, there's a, I almost said cannibal. There's a comedian out there named Hannibal Burris. Who is a very funny guy. He's he's always on that show at, at midnight on Comedy Central. And he's he's a co-star of a show or he's a, a plays a character on a show called It's not New York Sluts. What is it again? <laughs> Broad City. Broad Broad City. I was convinced it was called New York Sluts. <laughs> and it's very I mean, that would be a great title, first of all, but then also it's very close. I was very close to the real title. It, it is. It, it, she was convinced that's what the title was on HBO. It's a show with two girls who live in it's New York City. And, it's I'm not on HBO. I'm sorry. On Comedy Central. On Comedy Central. Who, who go through their lives smoking weed and being fuck-ups at their jobs and shit. Anyway, I think it's hilarious. I think it's a very, very funny show. Eh, Brittany, not so much. So she thought the show was called New York Sluts. It is not. It is called Broad City. And he is on that show. So anyway... God damn, we're going all over, going very far afield here. Hannibal Burris did a stand-up act, and he was talking about Bill Cosby. Thirteen, and it's even worse because Bill Cosby has the fucking smuggest old black man public persona that I hate. Just gets on TV. Pull your pants up, black people. I was on TV in the eighties. I can talk down to you because I had a successful sitcom. Yeah, it was great women, Bill Cosby, so I don't raise you down a couple notches. I don't curse on stage. Well, yeah, you're a rapist, so I'll take you saying lots of motherfuckers on Bill Cosby himself if you weren't a rapist. It's the greatest thing of all time. When we listened to it last night, I ser I mean, had I been drinking milk, that milk would have shot out of my nose. It was it's so funny. Um, anyway, he's referring to, and it, the, the clip goes on for a while, and there's even a little bit before, but he's talking about the 13 women who have alleged Bill Cosby having raped them, one of which Bill Cosby settled out of court. Anyway, kind of go through the timeline here of what, what went on, because there was an, a deal where his Twitter team or they were asking for memes and all kinds yeah, of shit's I going don't, on. I don't know a lot about that, but I know that this Hannibal Barres is kind of what prompted the rape 
allegations to come back to the forefront. And there's a woman named Barbara Bowman who who says she was raped by Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. And she recently wrote a column for the Washington Post two days ago. And she talks about kind of her anger around, not her anger, but her disappointment around the fact that she's been talking openly about being raped by him for years. Right. And that it just now is going viral because this comedian told a joke about it. But certainly frustration on her part. Right. But I could see that. So in the column, she starts it off by saying, in 2004, when Andrea Constand filed a lawsuit against Bill Cosby for sexual assault, her lawyers asked me to testify. Cosby had drugged and raped me too, I told them. The lawyers said I could testify anonymously as Jane Doe, but I ardently rejected that idea. My name is not Jane Doe. My name is Barbara Bowman, and I wanted to tell my story in court. In the end, I didn't have the opportunity to do that because Cosby settled the suit for an undisclosed amount of money. Over the years, I've struggled to get people to take my story seriously. She goes into talking about um, giving interviews with the Daily Mail and giving detailed accounts of how Cosby won her trust when she was a 17-year-old aspiring actress in 1985, kind of manipulated her into viewing him as a father figure. Sure. And then assaulted her multiple times. And she talks about in one case, she blacked out after having dinner and one glass of wine at his New York City brownstone, where he had offered to mentor her and discuss the entertainment industry. When she finally woke up, she was in her panties and a man's T-shirt and Cosby was looming over her. I I heard a little bit of her telling her story on on CNN. And she goes into not graphic detail about the sex because I don't believe she really remembers very fully the sex or didn't talk about it but she's talking about how she's puking in the toilet and he's holding her hair in a robe and they're both she's just in her underwear and the t-shirt and he's naked in a robe it's she tells another she says the final incident was in atlantic city she said this happened a couple of times and they had traveled to an industry event and she said she was staying in a separate bedroom of his hotel suite And then he pinned her down in his own bed while she was screaming for help. And one of the things she says is that she'll never forget the clinking of his belt buckle as he was struggling to pull his pants off. And he eventually gave up and angrily called her baby, a baby, a baby, and sent her home to Denver. So she talks about how her agent like had her take a pregnancy test after this, but how no one really did anything when she would talk about it. And so it's just really disappointing. But then here we are. And Hannibal Barres calls Bill Cosby a rapist in his comedy act last month. And then everyone, it goes viral. And then well, everyone cares. It, 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 people, the internet is a fickle thing. And I think that she should probably rejoice. I mean, be bummed and, and, and disappointed that it took this long. But we're here now. You know, we are we are we are faced with a situation where the beloved Bill Cosby this last weekend was on Morning Edition Saturday, which is an NPR program with Scott Simon. And this happened. This uh, this question gives me no pleasure, Mr. Cosby, but there have been uh, serious allegations raised about you in recent days. You're shaking your head. No. I'm in the news business. I have to ask the question. Do you do you have any response to those charges? Shaking your head, no. 
there are people who love you who might like to hear from you about this. I want to give you the chance. All right. Um, so. That's quite telling in and of itself, I believe. He is not going to talk about it. He's canceled Letterman this week. He's canceling all kinds of appearances. Um, and here's my thing. If it was one woman, if it was Barbara Bowman solely, I might think, ah, why did she not say something? Why did it not come out until 30 years later? I, I might I might be prone to, to, to say those things and try to wonder because Bill Cosby is a, he's an icon and you wouldn't think this would happen. But when 13 women come forward, they're not all opportunists. I wouldn't think. When you have 13 independent people making similar and identical claims, it would seem to me that something's up. Right. And Bill Cosby's lawyer has issued a statement. He says, over the last several weeks, decade-old discredited allegations against Mr. Cosby have resurfaced. The fact that they are being repeated does not make them true. Mr. Cosby does not intend to dignify these allegations with any comment. He would like to thank all his fans for the outpouring of support and assure them that at age 77, he is doing his best work. There will be no further statement from Mr. Cosby or any of his representatives. And Barbara Bowman has said, she says, while I am grateful for the new attention to Cosby's crimes, I must ask my own questions. Why wasn't I believed? Why didn't I get the same reaction of shock and revulsion when I originally reported it? Why was I, a victim of sexual assault, further wronged by victim blaming when I came forward? The women victimized by Bill Cosby have been talking about his crimes for more than a decade. Why didn't our stories go viral? I don't know. It's problematic. It is certainly problematic. I think it probably has to do with the weighty nature of his reputation. That's kind of what she says. Yeah. And in, in this as well. It's not right. It's certainly wrong, but, but it's what it is. And it's the world in which we live. And what's great is the power of the Internet and that people have rallied. There, what, what happened was Bill Cosby's Twitter team or the people who run his Twitter account, because like they said, he's a crotchety 77 year old man who doesn't like black kids to have their pants pulled down he's he is he's that kind of guy he he says controversial shit the 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 the, the white right wing love bill cosby because he shits on you know um disenfranchised youth he he really tries to hold them to account and i think in a not not necessarily effective way because they don't respect him they're not yet yeah, no one cares what he has to say right so anyway, um, the power of the Internet is is a wonderful thing because look here now. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was going back to the Twitter thing. His Twitter team, they're, they're promoting something and they wanted the Internet, some stuff to go viral and get some some um, social media campaign going where people create memes with Bill Cosby. And I don't know why any company does this or any PR organization would do this because it's always going to fucking backfire. Just like it did when New York, the NYPD tried to do it. Or when Dr. Oz recently tried to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to it's gonna bite you in the ass. And that it did the same thing with him. There's all kinds of memes out there where it, it directly talks about him raping 13 women. So Right. And Barbara Bowman says, fixing this problem demands more public, more than public shaming. 
for Cosby to commit these assaults against multiple victims over the years, there had to be a network of willfully blind wallflowers at best or people willing to aid him in committing these sexual crimes at worst. She talks about people that she remembers staffers being in the room with them, being around, and no one really stepping in and doing anything. She also wow. says that she has never received any money from Bill Cosby and she has not asked for it. She has nothing to gain by speaking out and he can no longer be charged for his crimes against her because of statute of limitations. She says this is also wrong. There should be no time limits on reporting these crimes. And one of my goals is to call for legislation to end that. I, I listen. That is something I fully, fully agree with. I do not believe there should be a statute of limitations for rape or child molestation. And I've said on this program many times that I believe it is a capital crime. It's it's akin to murder because you are you are killing, partially killing a person inside. It's it is it is sometimes a life altering, life ending. Um, You never are the same again. You're killing a certain person. A person may live on, and I know I'm being kind of existential here, but um, it boils down to there absolutely should not be a statute of limitations for rape. All right. Maybe come off the heavy stuff a little bit, you think? (laughs) What do you think about that? 657-464-7609. Less than three-minute voicemail, or you can text that number too. And, of course... Record your voice on your on your smartphone and uh, email it. I doubt it at dollamore.com. Something uh, kind of, it's bittersweet, this next story. Uh, there's a woman who was a victim of the Boston Marathon bombing. And after many, many, many surgeries, something like 17 surgeries, she has finally decided to have her leg amputated. And it, it's it's become kind of a positive story. Right. Her name's Rebecca DiMartino, and she's 27 years old, and she's from Richmond, Texas. The Boston bomb. The Boston bombing blast left her with several injuries, with particularly severe ones on her left leg. After enduring several surgeries, like you said, and pain, she made the decision to get her leg amputated. But before the operation, she decided to have a little fun and actually wrote up, wrote a breakup letter to her leg, <laughs> and a Facebook post. And it's funny because she actually also posted a photo of her leg and she had written on it, it's not you, it's me, with Sharpie. It, her her toes on the soon-to-be, as she puts it, chopped-off leg, um, they, were also, they, were, they were also freshly pedicured. Yes, they like look very nice. Fluorescent or uh, green toenails and shit, very funny. Yeah, so in her breakup letter, she said, What I need is something you can't give me anymore. And the empathy that you require, I can no longer handle. I love you. I really do. But I think I need to start on the next leg of my journey. (laughs) Go get yourself one last pedicure on me and enjoy it, because tomorrow I will be cutting you out of my life for good. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah. So she said that she hopes the note would assure people that she was at peace with her decision. She says it was just a spur of the moment thing that she just took a couple of minutes writing it, that she didn't spend a lot of time on it. So she's kind of surprised that she's getting so much attention for writing the breakup letter to her leg. But the reason that she's getting so much attention is because we can't believe it. Because if we were in a similar situation... I, I don't think I could be this optimistic, but she's awesome. She's super optimistic. She's being funny about it, being light about it. 
I think that there's something probably more to it relative to the psychology of it. That, you know, she is, she's creating closure for the quote unquote, and I'm doing air quotes here, relationship with her leg. It's, there's got to be some kind of separation anxiety, no pun intended, when you lose a limb. I know that people have phantom pain. There's all kinds of psychological shit that goes on. And I think that she's dealing with this, even unwittingly, very, very healthy. Right. She says, every day I wake up, I choose to count my blessings instead of my problems. Of course, I could dwell on the negative, but I have too much living left to do. So it seems silly not to enjoy it to the full extent. She said, I know my leg is not my life. And there's a there's an after picture that was posted in this Huffington Post article that we'll share on the Facebook page. And her surgery was successful. Her leg is now gone and there's a smiley face on her cast where her leg was right right (laughs) and she says that the surgery was successful she's been doing well and she's looking forward to what her life will bring her that's good strong super strong like you said i don't know that i'd be able to handle it with as much grace yeah i'd be a little baby yeah it it would be uh well i you know i when i was i don't mean to this isn't really meant to be the joke that we do every time on the show, but when I was in the Marine Corps... Jesse was a Marine, everybody. Uh, I just had to wait for you to get that out of the way. Um, I was in a military training course, and I was on a military military motorcycle, like a reconnaissance bike, and I went down, it was in training, and I went down some sand dune, and I, the bike flipped over, toppled like 30 feet, and crushed me, and dislocated my hip and my knee. I ended up in the hospital. Didn't even plan on talking about this, but it 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 really it resonates. Ended up in the hospital. Obviously, um, the blood flow wasn't going back satisfactorily to the to the ball of the, the joint. They were going to amputate my leg. Anyway, long story short, there was a time period where I thought I was going to lose my leg at the hip. Right, and it was devastating. Right. I mean, I was a, a 20, 21-year-old kid, and it was, I remember just sheer panic, not being able to think, not knowing what I would do. Right. I, I had visions of, you know, me being that guy in the camouflage jacket and the wheelchair and the sign. I mean, right. it was terrible. I didn't know how I was going to go on. And for her, this woman, to 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 face this with such strength and like i said grace is it's it's cliche but it's super inspirational yeah it's remarkable so there's a there's a youtube account out there and they have a twitter account the twitter account is s t h l m panda and the s t h l m is stockholm just without the vowels i guess and they they did a video about they're calling it a social experiment and in the video it deals with uh, domestic violence. There's a couple in the corner of an elevator, and as people come in, their faces are blurred, so you know they're not in on it. And it, they're from Sweden. They're from Stockholm, obviously. So it's in. It's the reason we're not playing the video is because it's it's in. It's it's not in English, <laughs> and I don't know how to interpret. But when you watch the video, you really don't even need subtitles. It's obvious what's happening. And the, the the man is grabbing the woman and being forceful and aggressive and pushing her head down and shoving her into the wall and being very aggressive and abusive. And people are not helping. They're not responding. 
In fact, there's there's one case that really was alarming, the the case of the the, the old lady. Right. So most people just run out of the elevator, try to get out as soon as possible without saying anything. And the altercation that's taking place is something that you cannot miss if you're in the elevator. It's a, it's a small elevator. The the man is throwing the woman against the wall, pushing her head down toward the floor, right. yelling at her in her face. And this woman actually says, can you wait until I can get off? Can you wait to, to have your argument until I get off the elevator? Just sickening. So anyway, at the end of the video, one woman finally says something and she says if you touch her again i'm gonna call the police at which time they immediately drop character and they say thank you so much and they point at the camera and they say you're the first person all day who said anything and they had 53 people in the elevator that is fucking outrageous that they would not that they would not have uh more people at least say something i'm listen this isn't this is no nowhere near. I've never been in a, in a situation where domestic violence has gone on in front of me. But um, there there have been times where even I'm standing in line at a Starbucks, and I, you know those people who are super aggressive and dickish, and there's a guy at the front of the line who's being an asshole to the people that work there. And I've said, hey, 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 cool guy, hey, calm down. Nobody fucking thinks you're awesome right now, and and called him out and embarrassed him. And I've I've done that a few times. So the, the 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 I think the goal of their video, wouldn't you agree, Brittany, is to try to make people think, what would I do? Well, yeah, the whole point of it is that people say they would do something. But here, look at these 52 people. Yeah, that didn't do anything. Well, so it, it, it makes you think. And I'm one of these people, too. Who I have no problem saying something to people in public. That's just my personality. No, no, no problem with confrontation. That's just my personality. It's it used to be very negative when I was in my teenage years. It, I was more mouthy and more inappropriate at the wrong times. But since becoming an adult, I'm only like that when it requires it, when I need to intervene in situations. Right. But I know for a fact that if I had been in that situation... <laughs> It would not have been good. Right, right. I would have been like, "What the f is going on here?" <laughs> I can attest to that. That's actually it just, what you would. And I don't understand, especially. And this might sound sexist, but especially to the men that were in the elevator, what are you doing? Well, I was going to address that because what are you afraid of? Are you afraid that guy's going to punch you? Well, you need to fight. That's what's going to happen. You need to get this man to stop hurting that woman. Right. Well, I was going to address that point because neither one of the men in the video who are being the aggressors. Are big. Neither one of them are big dudes. They're not scary. They're not like War Machine. Right. They're the one is tall and skinny. He might weigh 125 pounds. Well, he's from Sweden. He's probably six feet tall. And <laughs> they didn't even look that big. They just look right. They looked like smaller, more frail men. So, and it might be just my aggressive marine fucking thing that comes out, but you certainly could have at least said something. And it's very disheartening that we live in a time where people keep to themselves so much that they wouldn't intervene. Well, I've been in situations where I don't think I've I've had to go to the extent to physically break something up, but I know I've been in situations where maybe it was about to happen and then yeah. it, it dissipated before I, I was able to intervene. And I know that before it happens, I put myself in the mindset like, okay, I might get hurt, but 
I'm going to have, that's going to have to happen here. Like, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> yeah. because you need to intervene. It doesn't matter. Someone else is being hurt. I completely agree. And I, it's just I, I mean, weird I, to me. Like, what is wrong with these 52 people? I, I don't know. So let's get them on the show and let's, let's ask them the questions. Let's see what exactly the interaction, the, the, the real time interaction was and kind of what the, the their feeling of uh, the situation is. Because I these are all questions that that really I think it's kind of their location questions. Yeah, you, you had to be there to, to really get the the sense and the vibe. So let's do that. Like I said though, if you do in the meantime want to check out the, what they do, their Twitter is at s t h l m panda. That's their Twitter, and if you just Facebook that, you could find their their Facebook page too. So. So we'll stay kind of in the same context here. Here's an interesting story out of, I think, Australia. And it's a reporter named Carl Stefanovich. Yeah, so he's a news reporter in Australia. And he noticed that the women that he works with were receiving criticisms about the things that they would wear on TV right. relatively often. And he was getting kind of annoyed by it because it was rude, he thought. And so he decided to... It's also, why does it matter? Right. So he decided to do his own experiment. And he wore the same exact blue suit on air for more than a year. And not one, <laughs> not one single viewer noticed. Right. Well, it's also, I'm sure that all the comments toward the women were not from solely men. I'm sure they were also from women. They were mostly from women. Yeah. And he gave a quote. He said, no one has noticed. No one gives a shit. But women, they wear the wrong color and they get pulled up. They say the wrong thing and there are thousands of tweets written about them. So he regularly changed. He's kind of like, I guess, off kilter a little bit. Like he did a really intense interview with the Grumpy Cat and he hosted the program while drunk from the night before. And there's like a meme of him like pecking his co-host. Wow. He just seems like kind of a crazy guy. Right, right. And so it seems within reason that he decided to do this own this his own experiment. And so he changed the shirt color under his suit and the ties. But the blue suit has been the same. And yeah. it's a very distinct blue suit i mean it's very noticeable that it would be the same and he said his colleagues are starting to complain that the suit is getting a bit stinky um <laughs> and so that's, does he not have a dry cleaner that can <laughs> take sh care of shit in short order i i don't know apparently wow. not yeah so he says quote i'm judged on my interviews my appalling sense of humor on how i do my job whereas women are quite often judged on what they're wearing or how their hair is it's weird and so that's why he decided to do this. It's it's mainly weird. Hang on. I think it's mainly weird because it's from women. Like if a man judges a woman, I, I'm not justifying it, but I think there's some biological purpose behind it. And I think it's dumb because we are, I think we are growing very rapidly out of our biology. We We are able to make decisions for ourselves because we know it harms another person. Where when we were cavemen... We looked at a woman, we sussed it out, we, we, we judged her form, whether she would be good to, to have kids with and all that. We're getting out of that, but I think there are remnants of that still left where we, we judge a woman how pleasing she is or how, how sexually attractive she is. Just That's a natural thing that happens. And I think sometimes men aren't fucking smart enough <laughs> or evolved enough to say, hey, look, I don't need to make a comment on that because that's dickish. 
and that's going to hurt her feelings, and that's bad. However, there is a weird thing with women, and I think you would agree, Brittany, this weird attacking one another thing, because dudes dudes largely don't fucking do that. If I see a guy, we were watching Saturday Night Live, and there's the guy who's who who's plays in those bank commercials where he's interviewing the little kids, and he's on Saturday Night Live. Well, he... He looks like he has a little gut. And I saw that and I didn't think, oh, fuck, he's gotten fat. I, yeah, fuck. I don't think you even said anything. Yeah, I don't remember you saying my, that. In my head. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> But I don't attack him. You know what I mean? Women, they get catty and weird. I see it on Facebook. And it's not just the men don't like bones, all that bullshit. It's not even that. It's There's a weird, is it competitive? What do you think it is? Yeah, it's it's a constant competition. It's very weird to me. And it's stressful as a woman who doesn't care for that. You yeah. know, I I don't like to be involved in that kind of stuff. I've been at school and I've heard, I've seen a girl walk by and then I've watched two girls that the girl had just passed and the two girls start like ripping her to shreds. That's so weird And it me. makes me anxious too because since I've seen that happen so many times, I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if that happens to me. But then you just have to not care. You know, it's for sure not care because those two women who are doing the shredding are vapid, worthless pieces of shit. Yeah, they are. They are intrinsically insecure. And that's why they do that. Yeah, I think I made a snarky comment when that happened. Um, Good. So his co-host is named Lisa Wilkinson, and they shared a letter that she got one time just as an example of kind of what happens. And this woman named Angela wrote in and said, who the heck is Lisa's stylist? Whoever it is has Lisa in some shocking clothes. Today's outfit is particularly jarring and awful. Just my two cents worth. Get some style. Wow. She's reporting the news. Right. <laughs> Let's focus on the news that she's reporting. Wow. And not what she's wearing. It's not not that the news, it was shocking that you reported on that rape and that murder and that terrible shit that happened. It's um, polka dots, really? <laughs> Yeah, that natural disaster was pretty important and everything, but come on, that necklace, seriously. That's the real disaster here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's just insane. Yeah. Speaking of insane, there is an army, no, he's not in the army, there is a Sikh gentleman, young man, who wants to join the army in the United States, apparently, he says, he claims, and he wrote a blog for Huffington Post entitled the army is making me choose between my faith and my country yeah his name is Iknor singh sorry if i didn't pronounce that right i've never seen that name before and i'm dumb he says all my life i've dreamed of serving my country but when i tried to enlist in the reserve officers training corps rotc program at hofstra university i was told i couldn't because of my religious beliefs I follow the Sikh faith, which requires that I keep my hair long and wear a turban and beard. The ROTC recruiters said I would not be able to enlist unless I complied with all army grooming and uniform rules, which would require me to immediately cut my hair, shave off my beard, and remove my turban. I couldn't believe the military was asking me to make the impossible decision of choosing between the country I love and my faith. He's dumb. Jesse D, everybody. Not just for believing in his fancy little brand and flavor of mythology, but for the fact that there are reasons behind 
the grooming standards in the military. There are reasons behind not having facial hair. Um, when I happen to have served in the Marine Corps, you don't have to do it again. Jesse was a Marine, everybody. <laughs> I have to. Um, there's a reason behind being clean shaven, and it's that a gas mask will not seal to your face if you have a fucking beard. And if you have a giant, long, crazy beard like many Sikhs do, it's certainly not going to seal to your face. So if there is a chemical weapons attack or if there is a gas or CS ga there's a CS gas attack, your gas mask is going to be rendered useless and you become not only a danger to yourself, but to your other fellow soldiers and Marines because now they have to take care of you. So that is part of it. That's just one of many, many reasons. But let me bring it around. If you're some Christian who believes they have to have their necklace cross showing on the outside of their uniform all the time, well, that's against the military standards of uniform. Every, that's, that's why it's called a uniform. Because everybody is uniform. There's right. uniformity. This reminds me of the tattoo discussion that we were having. Uh -huh. Because... The Army's grooming standards are similar to what would occur in job interviews. Yeah. They would say, this is the interview. I mean, this is the uniform that we require that you wear. These are our standards. If you have gauges or if you have some other thing that a lot of employers don't like, then you can't be hired at this job. Right. And someone would say, well, this is you know, you're oppressing me because I should be able to have my gauges and my face tattoos and still work and serve people food. Well, the company for which you're applying to work doesn't want that. And that's their right. And the army is the same thing. I mean, they have specific standards. Right. If you're not willing to follow the standards, I'm sorry. And there's there's someone who wrote this comment on Huffington Post they said, dude, your religion has grooming rules. The army has grooming rules. They conflict. No one is making you choose between the two but you. I respect your desire to serve, but come on. Can't you keep your religion without hair and a wrap? If not, then there was never a choice, was there? Your religion is keeping you from the army. That's exactly right. Well, I mean, that's partially right. Here, here's the deal. It was kind of dickish. but The, 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 the military, the armed services, they, they go a long way to make accommodations for people and their religions there if if he was to join and and i'm sure there would be chaplains that would be there to serve him but just because you ascribe to whatever particular flavor doesn't fucking mean the army has to bend over backwards for you so you're not able to wear the prescribed headgear the cover the the camouflage utility cap or the the different uh headwear you can't do that because you've got your giant towel on your head. No? The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I don't even And see... I would also just like to say that even when he says things like that, before he needs to play that, I'm just sitting here looking disgusted at him. It's not listen, I don't how is that even listen? He believes he has to wear a turban, which is a wrap, which is not okay, not a wrap. It's a sheet. So he has to wear the sheet on his head because of his of his mythology. He, right. He I understand. Fake shit. I understand. I, I'm not. And gonna, I agree. 
Yeah, but I'm not I'm not going to tiptoe around it. Yeah, I understand. It's the same thing with the flying carpet thing. Right. It's it's the same thing. Yeah. It's it's make believe bullshit. I understand. So I listen, if the army wants to bend over backwards, which clearly they're not going to bend over backwards. You know you're backwards. being purposely pejorative. And that's my only point. Is I am not someone who wants to be purposely pejorative. It, maybe so. I understand it's maybe fake. So. I understand it's fake. I don't I think it's ridiculous as well that he, these standards that he has to follow, they're arbitrary and it doesn't matter. But I'm not going to be purposely pejorative about it. Is I mean aside from saying that it's fake, which is probably pejorative to some people. <laughs> Anyway, I, I just... I just take less steps toward the pejorative than you do. Well, I'm a little bit more of a dick than you are. That is factual. <laughs> That's something we can agree on and not yell at each other about. God damn, everybody. All right, we're going to wrap it up with this. Florida Files, everybody. Um, this one's pretty good because it's going to be about satanic pamphlets. Oh, wow. And who doesn't like that? Speaking of make-believe. <laughs> so worried about facing national ridicule if a satanic group is allowed to give out coloring books to children, the Orange County School Board moved Thursday toward preventing any outside group from distributing religious materials on campus. The current policy has allowed groups to distribute Bibles and even atheist materials, this article says, at a district high school in recent years. The board discussed the issue during a workshop Thursday. The earliest it could vote to change the policy would be late January or early February. Quote, this really has, frankly, gotten out of control. I think we've seen a group or groups take advantage of the open forum we've had. But a spokesman for the Satanic Temple the group that wants to give out coloring books featuring cartoon children performing satanic rituals and so. drawing pentagrams in school <laughs> said it is the school board that is acting in bad faith. Quote, it strongly implies they never intended to have a plurality of voices. It's bizarre. Yeah. Well, and I, here's the thing. People will say, well, these satanic people are just messing with us. This is what like, I hear on Fox News a lot when the war on Christmas happens, that atheists and satanic people are just, are just doing this kind of thing to mess with Christians. And these people that go to this satanic temple, they're weirdos for sure. But they're just as hey, weird easy. as... Don't make me play it. They're just as weird as the other weirdos that believe any kind of religious right. faith. Right. So... They think, well, look at these people. They're just messing with us, trying to pass out their coloring books of satanic temples and kids doing rituals. Well, no, they really believe in this stuff. And just like you really believe in the talking snake and everything. So it's just two different flavors. Well, it's here's what I think is great is it's such a taste of their own fucking medicine. And also they're like, well, we even let atheist stuff be passed out. That's not appropriate either. Your Christian shit is not appropriate. My atheist shit is not appropriate. The satanic shit, it's not appropriate. There's no place for religion in the schools. It's not that's not what they're there for. They're there for reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> that, they're not there for a religious education. It's not a parochial fucking situation. It's a government funded school, and government funds would not they're not appropriate to be spent in the proselytizing of different faiths. Right. I do wonder, though, what the atheist materials are. Like, what is it? 
who knows? Who who knows if it's even true that they allowed that to be passed out? Also, why is there another Orange County that happens to be in Florida? That's what I. <laughs> that's the more thing I'd like to know. Yeah. So fucking bullshit. Very often at my school in Fullerton, there are people handing out little Bibles. You know, trying to convert people and i always have a good time talking with them and and having a good time but to the uninitiated and by having a good time she means asking them if their penises get erect when they look at gay porn yeah (laughs) it's a legitimate question i for sure is it makes them unhappy but it's important a bunch of truth wieners yeah it's important to ask them about that well that's very interesting and you know what good for orange county uh, florida i almost said california out of force of habit Good for Orange County, Florida, getting their shit together finally, but for the wrong reason. For once, our Florida file story is not about a raccoon doing meth and <laughs> crashing into a 7-Eleven. So that's great. What the fuck? What are you talking about? And haven't we done a lot of those stories? A I... raccoon doing meth and crashing a car into a 7-Eleven? <laughs> yeah. I, I think maybe we did one where a raccoon was trying to steal an ATM or something, but... Not a lot of raccoon stories coming out of Florida, although there's a lot of raccoons in Florida. It is a raccoon-rich state. I never want to go there. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll never. We're never going. So listen, everybody. Like I said before, we are doing a Thanksgiving-adjacent episode, and we want your thank. What what you're thankful for? We want to hear your thanks. That was a long way to get there. So if you don't want to call in to the voicemail line, which is 65, I almost said 1-800. What the fuck was I going to? I have no idea. Uh, 657-464-7609. Call and leave. I hope it's less than three minutes. You're thankful. It's, I'm going to I'm gonna put something together, hopefully. We'll see. I'm a non-creative turd. But, but if you are out of the country and you don't want to call that number or you just don't want to call the number... Talk into your smartphone, record your voice, and mail it to idoubtit at dollamore.com. While you're at dollamore.com, look up at the top right-hand corner of the of the page, and you'll see support the show. There's a link there. You can choose to purchase something on Amazon. There's an Amazon search bar there. You can buy books, or you can start your Christmas shopping early, or your Hanukkah shopping or your New Year's Day shopping. If I'm going out of control here. Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. Wow. Did you just look that up? No. It was on a commercial years ago, and it's in my head forever. Chris Mahan... What is it? Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. That is, that's like me knowing Koblenasian, the, 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 the Tiger Woods thing. When he was on Oprah, and he said what race he was, that he's Koblenasian. Yeah. Some, some things just get stuck in your head. Chris Ma- Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. But I can't say smoked oysters. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so so there's uh, the Amazon link. There's also the patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. That site is kind of like Kickstarter, except it's not one lump sum, sum of money. It's little tiny donations where you set a monthly cap. You could leave a you could give us 25 cents an episode and put the cap at at 50 cents a month and and we would we would love you for it. And that is all on dollamore.com on the support the show link. I guess that's it. We're going to wrap it up. We love you. We appreciate you spending the time that you do with us. Sound off with us. Call the voicemail, like the Facebook page, 
If you listen and you haven't rated and reviewed the show on iTunes, what are you doing? Get your shit together. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. I think he's smooth down there like a Ken doll. <laughs> <laughs>